What is going on, everybody? It is Triple Crown 24 with a new sports card psychology podcast. Thanks for taking a break from some championship sports. We've got the NBA finals going on at the time of recording, and we are slowly approaching the Stanley Cup finals. And since it's title season here at the start of summer, I think it's a, an appropriate time at the very least to discuss championships as they relate to sports in general. And this is a hobby show. So of course, how they relate to the hobby since we are in the midst of crowning two champions and what I consider what many consider to be the big four sports. And for context in this episode, when I talk about big four sports, NHL is the fourth one. It's pretty established that the big three being uh, NBA, NFL and MLB, but some people will argue that maybe MLS has overtaken the NHL. I am still in the camp that NHL is is in there at that number four. So with that being said, I have a guest join me today to talk about that. He's a fan of all four sports, so I thought that he would be a very uh, appropriate guest to have on for this show. He also will help me pick up the slack in the hockey area since I've, I've been lacking in my hockey knowledge in recent years. He's everyone's uh, Canadian friend, and he's going to help us fill our mic quota so you guys know I'm contractually obligated to have someone named Mike on the podcast at least once per month. So I have brought on my good friend, Mike of Canadian Cards. How are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you, JT? Thanks for having me on. I hope everyone is doing well, as you would say, and I hope that you exactly. are doing well. <laughs> I am doing well. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> You are a fan of all four major sports, and you follow them pretty well. You, you keep up fairly well. So I, I thought you'd be the perfect guest to have on today, and I just want to dive right into it. So championships and sports. In your opinion, if you had to rank the four major sports, which one would you say championships are the most relevant in and then the least relevant in? In uh, just a sports context, we'll dive more into the hobby side here in just a moment. Well, I think, and again, this is just my opinion, and, and obviously there's going to be people that disagree with me. I think, quite honestly, and maybe it's ingrained into me, but it seems like, uh, you know, the toughest sports uh, are obviously going to be those of the contact variety, you know, the football and, and hockey. So relative to importance, I would have to say that Probably Major League Baseball is number one, um, only because I feel that there's more fan base, and I generate everything throughout the U.S. Because the U.S. seems, you know, they have the most, they have the most cities uh, within all the four major sports uh, by far. Is uh, I mean, it's only us in Canada and the U.S. But um, I would have to go baseball because of the history of it all, uh, quite frankly. Basketball and football, I think, are intertwined. I think in the U.S., I think football is number two. But globally, I would have to say it's basketball because of uh, just the success overseas. And as of late, you know, with the Raptors winning the championship a few years back, uh, you know, it's really caught on uh, in Canada. Uh, hockey being number four, and yes, the argu argument could be made that uh, soccer 
uh, or football, as the Europeans call it, would be probably contested as number four, and only because of their global uh, participation in it. So that's that's kind of how I see them. Interesting. This, this will make this discussion very fun because we only have one of the four in common in terms of uh, where we think. So my personal mm -hmm. rankings, I believe that championships are most important in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And then I put the NFL number two with an asterisk because I believe that is specific to the quarterback position. And when I made the show notes for today, you'll know it's very biased towards the quarterbacks. And we'll get into that as we discuss the NFL. But that's my number two. I have Major League Baseball as number three. And I have NHL as number four. So that is kind of where we agree. So let's start with the area where we agree with the yeah. NHL. And it's kind of funny because when I approached you about this show, one of the ideas was that we we're going to do a hockey focus where the Western Conference Finals was McKinney yeah. versus McDavid. And uh, mm -hmm. as of the time we're recording this, we're still two days from this even airing this. And that that series is concluded already. The Oilers were swept away. Yeah. The and McKinnon and the Avs are heading to the Stanley Cup Finals. We're still waiting on an Eastern Conference champion. But in the NHL right now, we're, we're in a very interesting landscape where we're sort of nearing the end of an era for guys like Crosby and Ovechkin, who stand as kind of the last ones of their time. And I, just from my perspective, and you can definitely answer this much better than me, I would say the door is very much open for the young stars in hockey today, but I don't necessarily hear too much about the young guys and how equipped they are to win a championship. Am I accurate in saying that, or how is your perspective as someone who's more intertwined? Well, I, 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 I do think there's validity in what you say. I mean, I mean, at the time of this recording, we know Edmonton's out and Connor McDavid has been touted as, you know, the next superstar. And uh, they got handed it uh, last night uh, being swept by Colorado. Not to be outdone, Nathan McKinnon is also uh, a budding superstar. And, you know, they're probably two of maybe a handful of five guys that are young up-and-comers that could bear the torch as the face of the league. I do believe Connor McDavid is going to be that face of the league, but, you know, there's a prime example where, you know, they haven't really done much in Edmonton. Um, you know, there was a lot of hype because at the beginning of the year, they were playing terrible and Connor McDavid, uh, you know, turns the team around along with Dreisaitl and adding Evander Kane and, and, uh, uh, Hyman from Toronto, they look to be rolling through the playoffs and they get swept by McKinnon in the avalanche. So he's the face of the future of hockey, but yet no titles. So in that sense, I guess, you know, when you look at Ovechkin, Ovechkin was one of the faces for many years, no titles up until, I think it was 2017 or 2018. I can't even remember what year it was now that they won it. But up until that point, it was really Sidney Crosby because he had won three cups. Um, you know, prior to that, it was names like Lemieux, Gretzky, or so I, I just, I just think the relevance of championships in sports in hockey doesn't matter. 
It's what you can do skill-wise. Austin Matthews is another prime example who's a superstar bound for great things. But, you know, Toronto, Toronto hasn't even got past the first round in 18 years. So um, that's my take on the hockey. Uh, and I think that's why I put them at number four, just because it's a good contrast to see that, you know, the face of hockey is Connor McDavid, yet, he hasn't really done anything in the title department. Um, NBA. I, I agree with a lot yeah. of that. So yeah. on the subject of Ovechkin mm-hmm. and Crosby, yeah, who would you say right now in the obby is hotter? Of course, there's going to be different cards that outsell one another, but overall, whose market is stronger, Ovechkin or Crosby? Definitely Ovechkin. Just because Ovechkin's in the hunt to break Gretzky's all-time goal record. I personally don't see him doing it. Um, He would have to keep up this pace for another, I think it's three and a half seasons. Um, I just think, I know these guys are professional athletes and, you know, I look at Tom Brady and I'm like, what? Like, how, how is this happening? Maybe Ovechkin can do the same thing. But it's generally, there's a point you could see when Gretzky came to the end of his career. He walked away because he just knew. He just knew. You know, he, he spent 21, 22 seasons in the NHL and the majority with Edmonton. But after he, he went to L.A. and then St. Louis and the Rangers, when his last year with the Rangers, like he knew it was time. He just wasn't producing like he used to. Um, still not a bad guy to have on your team, but when you've been you know, producing like Gretzky had for years. And then you're, you're, you're almost like a second or third line guy. It's, it's not a good look. So he walked away, but I think Ovechkin's pursuit of the goal scoring mark has made him more the chase guy versus Crosby. There was a time when Crosby was, but um, because of uh, Ovechkin's goal scoring prowess, I think that's elevated his status in the hobby. And that probably ties exactly into why you ranked hockey last too, is because for the longest time, I mean, Crosby, I cannot remember the last time the Penguins were just non-competitive where you enter a season and they were a complete non-factor. It just seems like ever since he's been there and in the presence of Malkin too helps that. I mean, they've had yeah. some very talented players around Crosby throughout his career, but they went back to back in 16, 17. Well, Ovechkin's a guy who, was building up kind of this choker reputation where the Capitals were a very heavily favored team every single year only to usually get bounced within the first couple of rounds. And then one year they kind of put it all together. Do you think that was the turning point to make Ovechkin surpass Crosby? Or do you think you would attribute it more towards the chase towards Gretzky's record? Um, I think the winning the cup added to the allure because then it kind of made people take notice. Okay. Let's kind of delve into the world of Alex Ovechkin. I mean, I remember, you know, a year and a half ago, his young guns, I mean, before the boom really hit, his young guns could be in a PSA 10 could be had for somewhere in the neighborhood of I'm talking Canadian dollars. Cause that's what I see most up here for about $3,000. Now people are asking eight. 
So, you know, it's a th- almost a three-time multiplier because of the chase that, you know, he could potentially break the record. So I think it was a combination of both the Stanley Cup championship, him getting to that, okay, I can win, now I'm going to pursue. And, and let's make no bones about it. Ovechkin wants that record. He's that guy. He's the guy that, yeah, I want to break his record. If, you, if people flat out ask him, he'd answer it in a humble way. But 100% he wants to break that record. Wherein I could see someone like Sidney Crosby, very ambassadorish for the league and the game. Ovechkin would be more like, yeah, Russian pride. I'm going to be the best. So um, that that's my take on that. In the future of hockey, as we kind of wrap up that sport here, with a guy like McKinnon, who now will have a chance at his his first cup here, and even a guy like McDavid, where this is probably the closest McDavid has come, and you know now that he has some playoff series wins under their belt, in the in the hobby more long term, where do you think that the money is going to go towards? Do you think that people are going to go more towards the guys like Crosby or ambassador types who have the championship pedigree? or more towards your superstars like Ovechkin? Because to me, it seems like McKinnon and Mc, well, particularly McDavid seems to be more on the Ovechkin path where McKinnon may be more so on the Crosby path, or at least that's been my interpretation of it. You, you definitely know better than I do. Which mm-hmm. uh, kind of side of the coin would you see the Javi gravitating more towards in the future and why? Well, you're bang on with your assessment with McKinnon and Crosby. And I don't know if you know this. Most people do up here anyways. Uh, they're both from the same town, Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia, which is this tiny little fishing village. And both Crosby and McKinnon are there. Like up here, you know, they're seen on TV commercials for Tim Hortons nationwide. When Tim Hortons releases uh, their hockey cards, that they do every year it's McKinnon and Crosby in the commercials, just goofing around and stuff. Um, But I do think even if let's say, let's hypothetically say that McKinnon wins the cup this year, will that elevate his hobby relevance to supersede Connor McDavid? No, I don't. I don't. For some reason, you know, McDavid has just already been anointed. If you watch him play, there's there's things that he can do on the ice. And granted, listen, they're all professionals. They're all fantastic players. And not to take anything away from McKinnon, he's a truly special player. But to watch McDavid play versus McKinnon, I, I'm taking McDavid all day long. That just as a one-on-one um, most people would say that, you know, McKinnon's a better package because he's tougher, he's grittier where McDavid doesn't really like to, you know, mix it up a bit, but I, I truly think it's, it's McDavid and foreseeing some, you know, some sort of poor injury. Um, I don't think he'll be at the level that McDavid does. If, McKinnon wins one cup, say this year, and McDavid never wins the cup. I still think McDavid will have that draw. Just my opinion. 
I think the West is more stacked too, and in, in just in my opinion, from seeing things, and so it might make it yeah. tougher for some of those guys to make it out. Yeah, I mean that's and and I think that's where you're seeing guys like Austin Matthews really flourishing in the hobby. Um, you know, as people who are fans of the Toronto Maple Leafs like to say, they're the center of the hockey universe. Well, if they're the center of the hockey universe and their centerpiece is Austin Matthews, obviously his hobby relevance is going to be huge. And, you know, I liken it to Greg Maddox and who was it, Steve Steve Avery back in the day, chicks dig the long ball. Chicks like the goal scorers. They don't, they don't care if you can set someone up to score. And they want to see the biscuit in the basket. That's all there is to it. And, and you know, Austin Matthews is a pure goal scorer. And I even look at someone like Mitch Marner. Personally, my own personal opinion, I think Mitch Marner is way better of an all-around player than Austin Matthews. But he doesn't score as often. So that's where he's overshadowed. But I will tell you one guy that I think could be the next big thing and he's already started is Kirill Kaprizov for Minnesota. That kid, I think, has the potential to just explode. I don't know how well his hobby relevance will be playing in Minnesota. I know Minnesota is a big hockey hotbed, but I think throughout North America, it's not a hotbed. It's not a New York. It's not an L.A. It's not one of the glamour cities. Um, so who knows, who knows, but I think that guy has really got the potential to do huge things. I think that's a great transition into where, where you ranked the, you had the NFL and NBA kind of together there. I'm going to go to the NFL next because there's so many similarities that I personally see between the mm -hmm. two in terms of, I guess, what the landscape is right now, where. The, I think in the NHL, there is no question about who is the GOAT, if you will. It's Gretzky. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think in the NFL now, I will go out on a limb and say it. It is Mr. Number 12, Tom Brady. He has four championships. I mean, you, you look at the NHL, you have these dynasties where you have the Canadians and the Leafs mm -hmm. have double-digit titles. The Red Wings have double-digit titles. Tom Brady has more championships than any franchise. And yeah. That's the only sport where you can really say that. So at, at the top there, he's he's kind of in his own tier, and it's unfair to really to really go beyond that. So we won't really talk about Brady, but <laughs> beyond that, it, it's almost a changing of the guard because you have Rodgers is at the end of his career. Roethlisberger yeah. and Breeze are gone. You have a guy like Stafford who has now won a title. Perhaps he can get another one done while mm -hmm. the Rams have their, their super team, but – most of the eyes are really turned towards the young guys. And as yeah. I said, the, the West is very strong in the NHL. I would say it's even stronger in the NBA. We'll get to that in a moment. But in the NFL, the AFC, if you look at the landscape right now, it mm -hmm. is the conference of death. You have the young guys like Mahomes, who is, who's kind of your McDavid equivalent, I would say. And he yep. already does have that championship. But then you have your Josh Allens. You mm -hmm. have Lamar Jackson. You have Joe Burrow. You have Justin Herbert. And the really cool thing about a lot of this is that a lot of these guys play for teams that have not had that success. And the Bengals have zero Super Bowl titles. The yeah. Bills, 
have been a very bad team for a long time. Zero titles. The Chargers have zero titles. They have had some success over in the Rivers era, but they never really got to that next level. And they think that they can get there with Herbert now. And you have even a guy who has that pedigree already, like Russell Wilson, now coming over to Denver. This <laughs> this conference is absolutely stacked. And you even have the guys like Atua, who a lot of people are expecting maybe yeah. to break out now that they've added Tyreek Hill and they've added some more weapons for him there. So what's your take on the NFL right now? And do you, with so many options out there, do you think that championships is going to be what sets these guys apart? Or what do you think is going to draw us to a lot of these quarterbacks that we're seeing? Well, I think Tom Brady has already spoken for this. You know, with seven titles being the GOAT, he's still playing, what is he, 63 now or something like that? Uh, I mean, you know, it's... I, I do think championships can dictate it, but, you know, I after, after the Bengals uh, bowed out, I thought to myself, is Joe Burrow the next Dan Marino? You know, is that a potential where he will be an absolute superstar throughout, but just doesn't win the big game. Like is, I mean, Marino went to a super bowl in his rookie year or second year. And then that was it. He's just launching the ball the rest of his career. Granted great quarterback, but you know, when you see someone go in so young, at least for me, my age, I, I think back to Dan Marino and go, well, you know, look at, Reno went at uh, 23, 24, sorry, um, and never got back, never had a sniff again. So is it is it possible that that's going to happen to Burrow? Is it possible that, and one guy you left out too is Russell Wilson, who just, you know, moved over to, so like, look at all these star quarterbacks in the AFC, and only one gets the opportunity. And is that opportunity, who's it going to go, who, who are the contenders from the NFC that are going to be there? You know, there's such a mass of talented QBs. I just, I just think that they've kind of counterbalanced each other out. Do you know what I mean? With, with, you've got Lamar Jackson, Herbert, Burrow, um, Mahomes, like, only one's going to the Super Bowl, you know, and that's one of the, the old adage. It's a shame. A lot of times people see the AFC championship or the NFC as it's too bad. These two teams aren't playing for the Super Bowl, but you know, it is what it is. It's just, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, so I'm really, I'm really <laughs> unsure how I visualize all of this because Brady's established himself with, and he's the GOAT. You look at everybody else. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has two and he's done. So he will never be the GOAT. He will, you know, he, he could never catch him. Can any of these young guys catch Brady with seven Super Bowls? I don't think so. I, I, there's just no way. Like that, I, I find that like you need to come in as a rookie and start off like you need <laughs> you need two or three Super Bowls in your first five seasons if you're even going to think about achieving that. So football for me is a little different to look at it in that sense just because of what Brady's accomplished. 
if that makes sense to you. I can't, I can't really articulate the sense of who could be, uh, you know, I mean, I, if I think if anyone is going to have a shot, it's going to be Josh Allen or Mahomes to usurp. I think it, yeah, but I think I, it's unfair to to even say that, like who would have a shot to catch Brady. That that's a very lofty expectation, and I would go as far as to say unrealistic. So I guess it's just more so what can they do within their era? Because as you mentioned, if you look at we. we do the comparison of Marino to Burrow. Yeah. I mean, Marino comes out at a time where you have a very strong crop of quarterbacks that had come out within kind of that few year span on either end of his career. And we're seeing that now too, with a guy like you want to call Mahomes kind of your centerpiece the guys who came like, even if you, you want to see a guy like Dak Prescott, who in theory, if he got hot enough, he could, you know, he could make a run maybe. You, you have got, I know you as a Cowboys fan, you're kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sold on Dak. I'm, <laughs> I'm really not, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> but I mean, you've seen guys like a Matt Ryan who kind of put it all together one year and he got to a Super Bowl. a guy like Cam Newton, who he, he mm-hmm. put it all together Stafford last year with the Rams. And there's just so many opportunities. It, it's a, the, any given Sunday um, that- mantra in the NFL, which I think adds to it, but, if we want to look back at this historically, let's just go in more recent times with Brady. He took away a lot of those Super Bowls away from Breeze, Rogers, Roth. It's not like he stole them. It's just no, yeah, he, he beat them. So yeah, do you think that that lessens their legacy? That if Aaron Rodgers never wins one again and he, he retires with one, do you think that hurts his hobby long term? Or Roethlisberger only having two and not having one for you know ten years after he finished playing? No, I don't think it hurts them. I just think it put like I look at I look at the hobby relevance in tiers, right? So you've got guys like you've got, you know, Tom Brady. He's he's alone. And then there's another crop of guys. There's guys like Montana. There's guys like Peyton Manning. You know, there's a second tier guy. And then there's third tier guys that you know, they were good, but were they great? Numbers are going to get them into the Hall of Fame. Championships are not. You could have a very lackluster career, have three or four Super Bowls, should you be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I know if it was in in baseball, um, you know, you're not getting in on championships alone. You know, you have to do something as well. You have to be production, productive. But I think the other thing too, JT, is that you hit it when you said on any given Sunday. And that's, that's a tr- that rings true in football. Anything could happen. You know, when you, I mean, look, the Patriots versus Seattle. Everyone thought the ball was going to Marshawn Lynch and they were going to win. And you know, they decide to throw the ball and he gets picked and that's the end of it, right? So there's the goat getting another one. So there's a feather in his cap because of a call. So I just think that with the mantra that on any given Sunday, 
Brady has taken advantage of that. <laughs> really, like on any given Sunday, I could possibly win the Super Bowl. I don't care who we're playing. And I have the experience, and I'm sure there's a bit of intimidation when guys line up against him, even in a regular season game. So I don't I don't know. It's it's tough to describe. I just I just feel that that mantra is what makes it so hard. I think guys like Rodgers and Breeze, because of their statistical records, they're going to go down as all-time greats, but they're definitely never going to be the GOATs. Just just that title's already, right. that's handed out and the guy's still playing. You know, yeah. people, people always say, oh, records are made to be broken. Well, good luck with that one. <laughs> good luck. Yes, very, very know. true. And yeah. I think, too, with the NFL, we're, when you get those signature moments, it, I'm a Lions fan, unfortunately, and, and most yeah. will know that there is some discussion, and we, we haven't even talked about skill position players, but you look at a guy like Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson who retired early, and mm -hmm. are there questions about what if they played on a different team and could have you know, made a run at a title? Yeah, but I've never heard that as an argument against their greatness and never have I seen it impact their value in the hobby. The, the prices on Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, I have never seen them going down because people trash talk the fact that they couldn't get there. It was more so blaming the organization that they played for. And that seems to be where a lot of the burden gets yeah. put on. Would, would you agree with that assessment? A hundred percent. And to that point... You know, you bring up like, uh, would Barry Sanders have won if he was on a better team or a different club? Well, then I then throw it back at you. Would he still have the same statistics that he did? Because maybe the team is built around not just relying on Barry Sanders. Maybe you've got some aerial weapons that you can go to. So it's, you know, he's not he's not showing his Barry magic as much because it's not needed and maybe he decides you know like or maybe maybe the hobby decides yeah he was a great running back i mean i look at someone like gail sayers gail sayers played you know seven six or seven seasons and statistically he for his for that era like one of the most outstanding running backs going and he returned kickoffs so you're doing double duty, never won a championship. Is he considered one of the all-time greats? 100%. But look at his stats, and you'll see in the rushing leader categories of all time, he's way down there. He's like in, I, I want to say he's in like the bottom percentage of the top 50. Like he's way down there, but yet he's still an all-time great. So I guess it really depends where you're playing. Would you? Keep those stats. It's the same with Marino, right? Marino for years had Mark Duper and Mark Clayton to throw to, and that was the attack, right? And he he rang up incredible stats, but never won the big game. But yet Marino's still pretty hobby relevant. Um, it's not cheap to get his rookie card in a high grade or an auto, you know. It's it's not cheap. Um, much like Barry Sanders. Same thing. A lot of people look at Barry Sanders as one of the all-time great running backs who just didn't happen to win. So um, it, it, it's tough to really distinguish 
hobby relevance when it comes to a sport like football. I, re I really do think that because I think you've got your goat standard with Brady and then everybody else is truly relied on their stats to make them relevant. That's that, that would be my, my theory on that. I, I think that's a good way to say it. And it, it is a team sport. Like there's, it has, yeah. football has the largest rosters among all of the big four. And I think mm -hmm. that's a good dichotomy for, you tied these two sports together, which I thought was very interesting because in my rankings, it's there's NBA, NFL, there's a huge gap, and then MLB, mm -hmm. NHL. So moving into the NBA, because we both had these very high on there, this is the yeah. sport that has the least number of players on the area of play at one point in time. The rosters yeah. are the smallest. And I would also argue that the impact one player can have is – monumental compared to maybe other sports where I think it really is you need to have several pieces. And right. I'm not saying that you need multiple guys in the NBA because you do, but I think that's why I personally thought that the NBA was number one and there's always the talk about rings. And I, I think that's a huge piece of like the Jordan versus LeBron argument or the guys in the past. Um, but outside of those two, I'm curious, why Why do you think that the NBA is below Major League Baseball? Because since this is one of the big points that we disagreed on. So here's why. I think baseball is number one in the USA. And again, I allude back to my point. Globally, basketball is probably bigger because of the European influence. When they started drafting Europeans, um, that really started getting the ball rolling on the on the uh, uh, the global aspect of it. So I just think baseball is number one because a I feel there are more baseball fans than there are basketball fans, and I think that because of the history of the game. I feel, you know, baseball goes back to the 1800s. Um, basketball, I mean, look at the hobby. Prior to, and I want to say this and make sure I'm right, be, prior to the 1969 um, production of Tops, the tall boy basketball cards, there weren't basketball cards. And there's a huge gap from, like... 82 to 86 when you know minus the star cards so the relevancy of the sport wasn't there i think the hobby ties its relevancy to the product which is the cards in in my idea that's why i kind of hearken baseball as number one because of so many, so many people uh, on it, I would venture to guess, and maybe I'm wrong, but there are probably double the amount of baseball fans in the U.S. than basketball. I think basketball is a culturally motivated sport. I think you can go out and play basketball at your local schoolyard and become a superstar where all you need is, you know, a decent pair of running shoes and a basketball, just like soccer. You need a pair of cleats and a soccer ball. 
baseball, you're continually, you know, training and trying to get to the next level and try out for this and try out for that. Basketball, you can do it on your own with, you know, a pickup game at the schoolyard. You can train yourself, not to the level. Yes, I know about the club basketball teams and stuff like that in the U.S. because we have some of them in Canada. But I just feel the the more popular sport is baseball. Hence, I put more value into the titles of baseball. You don't, outside of the Yankees, when has there ever really been a baseball dynasty? You know, where teams are continually, continually dominating and winning. You know, the Yankees have had their ups and downs. Everyone has their ups and downs. It's just, that's, that's the way it is with that sport. You know, people move on to bigger contracts, more money, what have you. And, you know, you can't get them all on the same page. Because if I'm paying JT as my superstar, someone down the bench is getting a little myth that they can get this the same or close to that money, you know, and on another team. So they're going to take care of themselves. But I that's where I think titles come into play for baseball and sorry that was a little long-winded and no and, no I, and I was just trying to relate my points back to what i'm trying to say here no i thought you brought up you brought up a couple of things that i didn't consider in my argument especially hobby wise where basketball if you look at like second year cards of certain guys the prices are really not there as compared to baseball, especially when you go into mm-hmm. like those golden era players and their second year cards or even cards beyond that too, where they're some of the basketball guys and maybe it's, that's more of a testament to vintage basketball as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I, I think part of that too, to me is that championships, I feel, I don't want to say they didn't matter, but it doesn't feel like there's as much pressure now or back then as there is now on guys to win championships where where people knock a guy like lebron who he get, he has 10 finals appearances but he's four and six and right. people you know get on his case but the guy's been to 10 <laughs> championship series and he's won four of them i mean yeah. there's even curry who people seem to give more you know they cut him more slack he's only won three and you know could he win yeah. his fourth one by you know within a couple weeks of this show going up Yes, he could, but yep. still uh, to get to 10 of them is just, it, it's prolonged excellence. So I, I do think that the, your arguments are very valid. Um, mm-hmm. I want to focus on the current NBA finals. So as of the time that we're recording this, it's knotted at one. Mm-hmm. We have the Warriors going up against the Celtics, and you mentioned dynasties. This Warriors team really feels the closest that we see to a modern dynasty in sports since 2014-15. Aside from a couple of small hiccups here and there around, you know, the pandemic shortened season and that they have really been there right at the the top and kind of as this final boss where if you want to beat you, you want to be the man, you got to beat the man and the man yeah. rest in the Bay Area. And, and Curry's really been that figurehead. You've had guys like Durant to help him out, and, and Clay Thompson's had his moments, and Draymond Green has had his moments. Sometimes the wrong type of moments, but he has had his moments. So definitely had uh, moments, right? So I mean, Curry right now, you you have him. He's won three titles. He could win four now. 
Whereas yep. on the Celtics side of things, this is a team that feels like that they're also kind of right there, but they're kind of one of those stepping stone teams. It's never they're they're always the bridesmaid, never the bride. They're never really in that finals discussion. But you have a guy like Jason Tatum now who has been a very large part and he's the face of the franchise there. Who would it mean more to hobby wise to win this title? Would it be Curry getting his fourth ring or Jason Tatum getting his first ring? And also, I guess, do you think that it's, I guess, the better question to start off with do you think it's important at all regarding their ring count? And then which one do you think it would mean more to? I do think it counts. I think the ring count is a big factor. Um, and as far as the hobby, I think it's going to mean more for, well, which will hurt people who want to collect Steph Curry. If he wins more, his, his prices should soar. Someone like Tatum, they'll go up, but they won't soar because that fourth title for Curry is going to establish himself as one of the top tier guys in the sport because we already know statistically he does it so now he's also bringing championships and he's doing it i I guess i would have to say the makeup of all four not all four championships but the makeup of this team is very different from the start of their first so the common denominator is curry so I think that's it's going to do more for his hobby value than it will Tatum's. Um, myself personally, I'd like to see the Celtics win just because, you know, I'm an old school Celtics fan. And I mean, they, they were the, that was the team to beat. They were the New York Yankees once upon a time, you know, um, Bill Russell has what, I don't know, 11 or 12 rings. Um, you know, they were the dynasty. Uh, before you got into, you know, the Lakers and then and then Jordan and a couple of years, your your boys, the Pistons, a couple of years of the bad boys. Um, but I just think that I think Tatum's value in the hobby will not rise as significantly as Curry's will if Curry wins his fourth, because that'll just that'll. I don't want to say it's icing on the cake like he's done, but that, you know, that just puts him in the talks of all time because he's already got the stats. There's no doubt about that. Um, I agree you know, with you. You so, know, and, uh, go on. Yeah. But I, is I this agree where there's you. a but? But? <laughs> no, there's, there's no but. I don't, I okay. mean, I, I fully agree. I, I'll, all right, I, I lied. There is a but. I, <laughs> okay. So, well, right now, I don't see Curry prices changing too much because they are already high. And yep. it's it's been more so a gradual buildup. Whereas Tatum, it feels like his current prices right now have already built in an assumption of him winning a championship. He is at shows the most asked about player that I see. Mm. And what might be very shocking is that if he if the Celtics do end up winning, his prices may actually go down. So that that's one of well, the things. That's... Yeah, and he he may 
very well be one of the most asked about players because he hasn't won and people are banking on him winning and there being a jump in card prices. So it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to roll my dice uh, with Tatum. He wins a championship. I'm dumping them. I'm going to make a tidy little profit. That's, that's why I think it's easier to obtain uh I'm just going to give an example. It's it's not if if you're looking at a $500 card to roll the dice with or a $100 card, your dollar goes a long way when you're dumping it into a $100 to seek the profit versus 500 maybe you're only going to see, you know, a 10 or 20% return where that $100 you might be able to double your money. You know, so I, I think that's probably why he's asked about it's it. There's I still think that even when guys are in the pro, people are prospecting for them to do something to make the their hobby relevant. That's very well said. And I want to I want to give you a hypothetical here. Okay. So and the, and the NFL, since you kind of want these two together, going back to that here. When we talk about Burrow, he he has some signature moments already, and he's got that moxie that people like, and kind of the same thing with Marino. That's why his hobby is still big today. Which mm -hmm. do you think would be better for Jason Tatum's long-term outlook? So option A, they win the title. He is a contributor. He is not the clear-cut finals MVP. Maybe he wins it but maybe Al Horford contributes, maybe Marcus Smart contributes, maybe it's you know someone else who's, who's helping mm -hmm. him along. So that's option A. Option B, they lose, and it can be however you want it to be. Maybe they lose out from here. Maybe it's, it's a game seven nail biter. But Tatum has one game in this series, regardless of when it is, where he drops 60, for example, and he has this signature night that people will remember, but they don't win. Which of those two would you think would be better for his long-term hobby outlook? Is it the moment or the title? The title. The title for sure. Because the moment will be lost in the moment. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, wow, that was amazing. Holy smoke. At the end of the day, you know, we lost. So no one, no one gives you kudos for having, you know, an amazing night one time that just, you know, leaves people, you know, speechless. Winning is forever. Like they're not going <laughs> to, they're going to show you <laughs> highlights of the 2022 NBA finals and they're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors and their run to the championship. Oh, and by the way, Tatum really gave it a good push because there's going to be a 30-second excerpt in that documentary where they talk about Tatum just going off the rails that night. But let's get back to the title because that's the focus of it. It's, it's definitely the title. Yeah. Again, just my opinion. Just my opinion.
Well, they say that history is written by the victors, and that's I think that is especially true in basketball. And that that is why I think we both ranked the NBA ahead of the NFL in terms of title importance, because you can have those signature moments in the NFL. Sure. And I think those stick in my mind more than like Brady. There's so many signature moments, but one of them is definitely not the Rams Super Bowl a few years ago where they won 13 to three. That is a boring game. Like that's that's just one of those that, yeah, he won that. He has that championship, but there's nothing I could tell you about that season. And if you're a Patriots fan, you know maybe you're you're beating me up here because you're like, no, he had this, and like that's great. I'm a more of a, a casual Brady follower. I don't remember anything from that season besides that no. stinker of the Super Bowl that he won. So right, um, but as but as a Lions fan, you probably and and not experiencing any super bowls you yeah, know you sorry there was no i there was no intentional pause there it was a comma and then getting but you jumped me um you remember amazing plays by megatron you remember amazing runs by sanders and a lot of people do because some of his runs were just outstanding like what like how did he come out of that pile right so but i'm willing to bet i'm willing to bet had the detroit lions won the super bowl that would be the greatest moment in lions franchise history bar none it outclasses any of barry's runs or any of megatron or anything they've done you know Joey Harrington with his, you know, five yard flat passes that will be erased. Sorry. That was intentional. <laughs> no, we, we like to try to get at least one obscure reference. Like we had Jose Tabata on my, on my <laughs> podcast with Stu's a couple of weeks ago. I were talking about Derek Jeter. So I, it's appropriate. We get Joey Harrington in, into the fold here, but I, I was gonna no say, to say, go. I was going to say Padre's, Padre's cousin, but. I didn't oh. know if people would know the relevance. So, um, uh, but, yeah. if you know the reference there, leave us a comment in the description. Yeah, or exactly. Down below. But what, what's? I don't think that we can do any more after Joey Harrington. So let, let's go to your uh, creme de la creme here, your your baseball side of things. You rank this as the most important, and we won't you know, beat a dead horse for the lack of a better term because we already discussed where why I put it down on the list and why you put it up on the list, but. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk about why you let's focus more so on your side of it, where why you put it up on the list and look at it historically. I do view baseball as more of a team sport, but in recent times, I have felt that the biggest stars in the game, a lot of the knocks on them has to do with their postseason performance. So there's there's mm -hmm. really the two biggest kind of guys carrying the torch right now. They're there's four players in Major League Baseball right now who have won multiple MVP awards. And, you know, one of them is Albert Pujols, who has had those World Series titles with the Cardinals mm -hmm. and, and has had a couple more runs with them as well, you know, deep into the postseason. And so he has that legacy. Miguel Cabrera in his rookie season homered off of Roger Clemens to help mm -hmm. the Marlins win the title. He's been to one World Series with the Tigers. It's had some postseason moments, not really too much outside of that, not so much focusing on those guys who are at the end of the road now, but more so on the other two. So Trout and Bryce Harper, who 
Bryce Harper mm. to this point has won a few games. Unlike the the NFL, it's more about series. He has never mm. won a playoff series. And since coming to Philadelphia, it's already a cluster this season already where I don't know if they'll if they'll be in a position to even make the postseason, but never did it with the Nationals in the season after he left. Actually, the Nationals end up winning their first World Series. And, and the yeah. Trout case, it's even it's even worse. They have been to mm-hmm. the postseason one time. Uh, unless they, I don't think they made it in the COVID season, unless I'm forgetting about something. But the only no. time they made it, they were a 100-win team in 2014. And I guess, unfortunately for them, they ran into one of the craziest Cinderella teams we've seen in the last decade of baseball, that Royals team that you know yeah. came out of the wild card game and then make a run to the World Series where really they didn't lose a game in the postseason until they ran into the Giants in the World Series. And that I think that says a lot. But that stands with Trout with zero playoff wins. He's over 10 years into his career at this point. But I, I keep yeah. hearing this more and more about Harper and Trout not getting it done in the postseason. Do you think that in the long term, if they if things stand as they are right now, that their inability to get it done, will that hurt them long term in the hobby? Why or not? Why not? I don't think it will because I think they're already established superstars. I mean, you know, wasn't I, I can't remember what year it was, but you know, Mike Trout was almost anointed or or was anointed the face of baseball, you know, the commercial, just let the kids play like that. I I remember from that point on, um, and he had already done great things, won MVPs and stuff, but I really feel that being the face of baseball, like, yeah, you have to understand something. Sports is, sports is predicated on TV rights and revenue and who do you want who do you want the face of your sport to be like you want the wholesome clean cut the good looking dude that wins mvps that's what you want and that's what they've done with mike trout and i think that solidified himself in the hobby um you can look at guys like i think you know aaron aaron judge is on a tear already this year but the last couple of years, like since his rookie year, he's been really, really cold. Like he hasn't really done much. So you have to consistently produce to be in baseball, to be the face of the hobby. You have to consistently produce to have hobby relevance. I mean, I remembered this distinctly. I had a conversation with Garrett card cutter um, before the start of last season. And I said, I think I'm going all in on Shohei Otani. And he's like, what? Like he's coming off a Tommy John surgery. You don't know. And there was a time that his PSA 10 rookie cards were like 45 or $50. And I was like, I, I just think he could turn this around. You know, it's an easy gamble. So I think hobby relevance relates to what you're doing for the for the sport. Um, I I do think titles mean more in baseball because it's such a long season. 
It's such well, me, a long. Yeah, let me interrupt you on that. So th- this is the big the big point here, I guess, our big buildup, is that you ranked baseball number one in terms of title importance. Mm-hmm. But to my understanding, you did that in terms of a sport perspective, regard, and it's it's more so a team effort, whereas mm-hmm. you're willing to cut the individual slack like Harper and Trout if they don't get it done. Yes. Why is there that difference? For me? Or just my idea for the hop. Why is there that disconnect? I'm not sure to be quite honest why that is. I think that, you know, every kid, when they grow up, they play little league baseball and every kid's going to go, you know, to the pros and in Canada, every little kid's going to try on his first pair of ice, ice skates and his parents have already you know, passed his life out as and what college he's going to go to and where he's going to get drafted. I just think baseball is more relevant for championships outside of the hobby when it relates to sports because it's America's pastime. When it relates to the hobby... I don't I do not think that championships mean anything. I really don't. It's all a statistical thing uh, for for because when you win how do I how do I I'm trying to articulate this the best way and making sure that it's understood. When you win in baseball, People look at the box score, but they don't look at the box score for the score. They look at the box score to see what their guy did. You know, I'm a Devers fan. I I watch the Red Sox box score all the time. I don't need to look at the box score per se to see how many hits they had or how many errors. I don't care about that. They won, great. They lost, that's terrible. Now I want to look at how did Devers do? How did Bogarts do? How did J.D. Mar- I want to see individually what they do. And I think baseball is such a stats-driven game that that supersedes the championship relevance in the hobby. I mean, how many people play fan? You guys have that YouTube fantasy fantasy baseball league. Like, we have hockey drafts up here, but you just pick a player and total up their points at the end of the year. Baseball rotisserie leagues have been going on forever. And you, most of those guys could probably step in and GM a, a, a big league roster because they could look at a guy and go, okay, he's a switch hitter, normally bats left-handed, but he's terrible from the right side of the plate. And we need, you know, we're sitting him tonight. Like that baseball is stats driven. It just is. And those stats make give hobby relevance. Chicks dig the long ball. I think that you that right there really ties like the bow together on on your whole argument because what what I've noticed going down your list of rankings is that the more stat important sports seem to be towards the top. Where if you look at kind of an American culture, you said at the beginning of the show that you might put NFL above NBA just because in in the United States it is so. <laughs> 
and there's nothing like an NFL Sunday, whereas globally, right. you know, the, the international basketball appeal may, may add to that. And outside of the very extreme records that, that everyone watches, like in the case of, you know, Ovechkin is, is an outlier, his, right. his individual things, but doesn't really matter how many goals a year that Connor McDavid has. Does it really? <laughs> I mean, do, do we no. really? I couldn't tell you what what Crosby's best season is or where he stands on the all time goal list, and it, I don't think it really matters to his legacy. Right. So, I, I definitely see that. I mean, in baseball, you have people who collect five hundred home run players. You yep. have people who collect the three thousand hit club, uh, mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame in baseball, which is a compilation of statistics for the most part, but that. I don't see as nearly as many Hall of Fame collectors for football and basketball or, or even no. hockey. There's, there's a handful of them, but the Baseball Hall of Fame is just so encompassing. And I think that's because the Baseball Hall of Fame is the toughest Hall of Fame to get in. Like, that is the elitist. You are, you know, there's so many great players who are not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. They're just not. You're great, but you need to be elite. Hockey, man, I think I played Triple uh, A Peewee, and I might get the call one day. Like they let everybody—they're like Oprah Winfrey. You're in the hall, and you're in the hall, and you're like hockey's so easy. You can be a stay-at-home defenseman, and it's not so stats-driven to get in the Hall of Fame. But if you have longevity, and you've won some cups, you're probably getting in. And people are like, who? Like, who? Who is that? Yeah, he played like for 15 years. Never heard of him. Yeah, because he doesn't appear on the stat sheet. But a good, steady, stay-at-home defenseman who really secured the importance of a defensive game. So I think I think when you look at or getting back to that point is – you're right. Nobody collects Hall of Fame. It has relevance to the price. That's for sure. But nobody collects. <laughs> I'm going to collect Hall of Fame football rookie cards. That doesn't happen. Now, there probably is that group. They're pro- I, sh- I shouldn't be saying nobody. But it's not as prevalent as I want you know, the 500 home run, I'm going to get all their autographs or I'm going to get all their rookie cards or whatever. Like it's, it's stats drives that hobby in sports overall. It's, it's your national pastime and that's what drives the sport. So I I think hobby wise too, when we think of trading cards, at least to me, the the thing that comes to mind is baseball. I don't necessarily assume, you know, when I, when I talk to people who are, who are casual, who are outside of the hobby and they they talk about sports cards, sometimes they'll use baseball cards as interchangeable terms, just because that's kind of the connotation where, you know, people don't necessarily consider the other sports. So I I think that plays into it. Um, 100%. I have loved this discussion and uh, I think we could probably do a part two on this. If people want to hear that, you know, let it, let me know down below. We could I feel golf, like we could tennis, golf, tennis, soccer, curling. Go. Let's, let's <laughs> see. That'll be part two. You I, get I wanna, zero views. <laughs> oh yeah. They're going to kick me off Spotify for that one. But <laughs> uh, just to wrap it up here, I, the baseball 
the way that you presented the baseball pre presents a very interesting dichotomy where are we going to be more interested in the stats or are we going to more be more interested in the titles? So encompassing all four sports here, I'm going to give you a laundry list of names of guys who have come out in the last five years. Mm -hmm. So for baseball, Acuna, Soto, Tatis, Devers, Otani, uh, Guerrero, all of those types of guys. And there's, there's many more in the NFL. Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Burrow, Herbert. In the NBA, Luca, Trey Young, uh, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Zion, Morant, LaMelo Ball. And then the NHL, McCarr, McDavid. Um, I can't pronounce his name, the Minnesota guy. Uh, Kaprizov. Kaprizov, Lafreniere. Yeah. All mm -hmm. of those names there. When it's all said and done, and we look back at this era of of new talent, and in some cases generational talent, when people look back and collect the cards in twenty years from now, what do you think will be more important than titles or individual accomplishments, and why? Honestly, I think individual accomplishments, and I'll tell you why. Some people may take this the wrong way, but I'm going to say it. Um, as generations pass, I find that young athletes coming in are about me, not we. It's not about winning championships. It's what am I going to do on the stat sheet to go get my next contract so that I can take care of myself and my family. And I listen, I get that, but for them and, th and they don't care what hobby collectors think. They don't care we're, we're irrelevant. We're insignificant to them. They want to know that they're taken care of down in the future. They don't want to go, Oh, I just want my team to win. So, buddy, who's a Pittsburgh Pirates collector, yeah, he's got all these rookie cards of these championship guys. Nobody, they don't care about that. We are very much driven by a me society. It's a selfish society with the younger generation. And JT, you're more mature beyond that generation. I have kids. I have kids. And my daughter, I think, is one year younger than you. And I've watched them grow up. And I run a, a, a Canadian Junior Football League team up here. And I've been running that team since 2008. And every year the players come in, it gets worse and worse. Right now, as you well know, we are posting all the signings for our football team. Okay? Social media is just corrupted kids i sign a player they're happy the whole bit within three days they want to know when are you announcing my signing when will i see a post about me you know and and i always kind of respond back i say listen we're going to do this in order and we're going to decide the order how we're going to announce our player signings you'll get your moment in the sun just be patient. And they can't. They're not patient. It, it's very much a me society. I think in 20 years, it's going to be even worse. 
championships will not matter. Their contract will matter. And that'll be it. And if, you know, they will become the new generation of how owners used to think for years. And I'm sorry to be the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. They have the longest drought in the NHL, the longest drought. There are teams that have not won it at all, but they've come in after the Leafs. So the Leafs currently have the longest drought. They're probably in the situation where their owner in the 80s, 70s and 80s could care less if they won. He ran it like a business. He ran it like a business. People used to ask him, what are you going to do about this? You know, these terrible records year after year. And his response was, why do I care? I'm still filling the arena. People still want to come and watch hockey. Why do I care? I think players in 20 years from now will have that same attitude towards championships. I don't care. I'm getting paid. Yeah, it's what? So what? Like I get a million dollar bonus if we win? Shit, man. If I hit two more dingers, I get like a $3 million bonus. So do you know what I mean? Like the, and, and it will, it become, you can see it now. Look at the contracts. I remember a magazine from 1980 that came out. The first million dollar player in baseball, uh, I believe it was Eddie Murray, signed the first million dollar contract. And I remember I was 15 years old or, or so. And I was like, wow, million bucks. Now, it, it, it may have been over the course of four years. I can't even remember. I was like, he's going to make he's going to make a million bucks over the four years. Now, they're 10 year contracts for like, I don't know, who's the highest paid in baseball right now? Is it Harper? Uh, I believe on an average annual would be Max Scherzer, who gets paid, you know, a million dollars to throw six, seven, eight innings once every five days. <laughs> like sweet gig, like break, you know, my, my former boss and I used to sit there with players contracts and we would evaluate, okay, they make this much over the course of the year. And we wouldn't evaluate how much they made per game. We would break it down further. We would say, this is how much they make a month. This is how much they make a week. Uh, a day, an hour, a minute, a second. We would break down their salaries. That's what we would do. Like, uh, you know, I just went to the bathroom. Took me a minute and a half. Yep, two grand. You know, just things like that. It's just such a me society and championships will not matter. It'll be, what are you doing for me? And it'll gradually happen. Just my theory. You know that there's no way I'm, I can argue with that, and I agree with 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 it too. I mean, there's you made so many good points there that there's there's probably several shows that we could talk about just from that. There's some topics in there that I've I've thought about for shows too, and yeah, that's how I see it going too. And I'm gonna leave it up to the listeners from there. I want to know, you know, do they agree with you on that? I also want to know what what their rankings are for championships right now. So if you're listening yeah. on YouTube would greatly appreciate you leave a comment down below and let me know what your rankings are. Cause I'm curious. And do you agree with Mike's kind of final thoughts there with, uh, 
with the championship discussion. And I, I say that ironically enough, because now I'm going to ask Mike, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Go Red Sox. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. I just, I just want to thank you for having me on. Sorry. Thank you for having me on. I had to decline a, a work call. They, they can call back. Uh, thanks for having me on. I had fun. It was a good discussion. I mean, I think anytime we're, t- we're relating the hobby to the overall sport itself, I think there's a lot of different um, ideals that can come around. You know, there's probably things, JT, I, I, I welcome it too. I want to read what people have to say because I think there's things that maybe neither of us have mentioned. Maybe there's something that we just haven't thought of because, you know, we're kind of doing this, you know, kind of preemptive and, hey, you told me we're going to come on and this is what we're going to talk about. And I was like, cool. And away we go. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear. I don't really have any final thoughts on the subject. Um, I think I've said enough and, you know, it was great. It, it was fun. I had a lot of a lot of a lot of fun doing it. I did too. And I, I think you're exactly right with that. There is so much that we didn't cover, but I would say that's probably because each of the sports could be its own separate show. And we tried to cram 100%. four one hour shows into a, into one, one hour show. So yeah, no, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it, in the comments, if you want to see Mike back on, and this could be a whole series, <laughs> I'm spitballing this here. If you want to see us go more in depth on each individual sport, I love this conversation a lot. I am definitely down to do that. But if you guys want to see that, let me know in the comments down below. We'll, we'll sprinkle it out over time. This won't be like yeah. a, a marathon here, but uh, yeah. this, this is definitely. I think my internet cut out for a second. It did. Was it you or me? No, it's you. Uh, okay. Well, I apologize. My business class internet has failed me here. So apologies <laughs> to all the podcast listeners. Uh, that's probably my cue to get off the air. But thank you so so much for listening again. We'll, we'll revisit some of these. If you guys want to see it, just let me know um, in the comments down below if you're listening on YouTube or reach out to me privately uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I do appreciate you listening there. I will be back next week with another show, possibly to give you guys a quick rundown here. I have a temporary air conditioning unit in my office right now because the main AC is out and Oof. it is a very loud machine. Um, I've kind of, I don't think it was too bad today, but if it, if I listen to this back again and it is not great, then I will probably postpone the show until it is fixed. So be be on the lookout for that but that will give me some time to kind of figure out what what the next show will be but mike thank you again for coming on this was a ton of fun and uh, before we go let everyone know where they can find you at if they want to go check out your content uh they can find me on instagram at canadian cards uh on twitter at canadian cards although i'm not very active on twitter Uh, my tweeting skills i yeah, listen, I'm I'm an old man, right? So, and and uh, and on YouTube, uh, Canadian Cards. Uh, yeah, I just uh, have a lot of fun in the hobby. I've met you. I've met a lot of good friends. Now we've become pretty close, and it's uh, it's been a blast. And I enjoy having these open discussions. Also, my friend, and the sentiment is the same coming right back to you. I'll, I'll leave a link to his channel, YouTube channel, in the description down below. And if you guys want to branch out from there, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to. But 
until next time, that is the this is the sign for me to depart. But we will see you next Thursday, hopefully, with a new show. Bearing any uh, mechanical errors to the the cooling system in the in the suite. But until next time, take care, stay safe, and be kind.